Well, hello and welcome back to another episode of The Genius Podcast. My name is Karen Doyle, your host and founder of The Genius Project, an initiative for Catholic women designed to support and resource you towards growth in your life, to deepen in your faith and to grow in relationship with other women. If you would like to find out about any of our initiatives, please visit our website, www.geniusproject.co, or you can come and join us on Instagram, genius underscore project underscore daily, or I'd really love to invite you to subscribe to the genius project youtube channel every time a new episode drops you will get a notification ladies on this week's episode of the genius podcast i'm joined by my good friend from the united states laura Rowland. as many of you know laura came over to our sisterhood conference in 2018 as one of the keynote speakers and i have stayed in touch with her over many years and she's become such a dear sister in the lord and she's going to be sharing around this idea of what it means to be rescued by the lord what happened when we're rescued and restored and just the overflow that takes place in our life. I really hope and pray that you are blessed by this conversation. Enjoy. Well, Laura, welcome back to the Genius Podcast. Once again, it's such a joy and an honor to have you joining us all the way from North Carolina in the United States. So welcome. Oh, hi, Karen. I can't, how long has it been? It's, it's been, been a while long. since we've, it's been too long. And I know that you uh, just recently had your uh, sisterhood conference. And so that That's always right. brings my heart close to yours and all of the ladies who were there know that I was praying for you all. I was praying with you all. And I only had a little bit of the, the FOMO, but it, oh, come I'm on. Not it, was, it, was, it was real. <laughs> I really wanted to be there, but um, no, I'm, I will take you however I can get you. So this is just a real treat oh, to, to be with you. Fantastic. Well, for the listeners, Laura and I are good friends. And Laura actually was a keynote speaker at the Sisterhood Catholic Women's Conference five years ago, just before the whole COVID thing kicked off. And she just brought a beautiful and very powerful message on the power of ordinary which you can actually go back and watch her talk on Shalom World TV under the Sisterhood Conference. But Laura has an incredible gift with words in terms of writing and, and speaking, communicating, I guess, God's heart for us as women. So I'm super excited about our conversation today, Laura. I've been really looking forward to it. I never know what we, we start out with a plan. <laughs> Yeah. And then the Holy That's Spirit right. comes in <laughs> and does something just really beautiful. And when we're done, we're both like, Wow, what happened? Yeah, we so couldn't I'm have excited that to see better. where this is gonna go for, for tonight <laughs> or today to see uh just to see what the Lord wants to reveal in in your heart, in my heart. And it's always something beautiful in our conversations for sure. Yeah, it is. And how are you anyway? Fill us oh, in on gosh. life since we last spoke. Yeah, it's been a while. So now I'm doing great. Um it's uh, Lent was um, a very fruitful Lent for me, which was unusual um, in the past. Lent, uh, I've either skipped it altogether just with life things that were happening, um, or I sort of just gave up halfway through or didn't even, you know, just was on the surface with it. Um, and this Lent, the Lord really called me into the deep, threw me into the deep end it, uh, a couple times. Uh, didn't, uh, you know, the life raft was there for sure, but it took me a while to swim to find it kind of thing. Yes. Um, so it was a very, very fruitful Lent. And uh, I'm excited to see what the Lord is going to do with that fruit. Um, he's got a plan. He's revealing it a little bit at a time. So, um, you know, my husband and my kids are great. And the big news is, is that we have a new grandson that's on the way that's due in June. So um, and that's your second so grandchild, isn't it? That's our second one. Yeah. Yep, another little boy and uh, cannot wait to get my hands on this little 
this little one. So are you enjoying yeah, that great. season? I am enjoying the season. So we typically, um, they live pretty far away, so we don't get to see them in person that often. However, um, I have the, just the most beautiful daughter-in-law who makes it a priority that we get to have play dates with, with our grandson. And so, you know, thank, thank God for, for technology that we can do that on a FaceTime or a WhatsApp or, you know, whatever. Um, but usually on Tuesday nights, we have a little play date with James and we just, you know, he does all the same tricks for us and, you know, like, where's your nose and like, Hmm. you know, who am I and all that kind of stuff. And he's just at the sweetest age. He's about 16 months and um, yeah, he's a delight. He just is an absolute delight. And I think the other thing that's really interesting is to see my son step into his fatherhood. And that's been really beautiful to just, to just watch unfold. And mm. I see a lot of his dad in him. And then I see a lot of his grandfathers. He had two very wonderful men for grandfathers. So he had a lot of really great modeling and to see him step into that is that's just for, for this mama's heart. Wow. That's, that's gold. Yeah, Aww. it's gold. Yeah, it's Beautiful. a great season. Yeah, for Beautiful. sure. Oh, well, Laura, we were just chatting before this episode. We've just had Easter and what a beautiful time, like following on from Lent. And I guess you were talking about what the Holy Spirit is doing in your heart at the moment around a couple of words around rescue and restoration. And I think that's where we'd like to go in this conversation today is just, I guess, taking women on a journey, like they've been through Lent and we've been through experiencing the death and the resurrection of Christ over Easter. Easter. And it's sort of how do we go forward with that in our lives? How is the Lord actually wanting to bring about our personal restoration in whatever sphere we find ourselves and the challenges that we face? Before we dive into that, can you share a little bit about how that theme has come about? And, and I guess what's led to the Holy Spirit stirring that in your own life? Sure. So like I said, Lent was um, super fruitful. Um, the Lord put it very, very clearly on my heart that he wanted me to do just a few things. It wasn't so much give anything up. It was that I needed to do more things. And he was calling me to spend time with him, intentional time. And that's not something that I did. I would, I pray, you know, it's an ongoing conversation with the Lord. You know, it's like throughout the day, it's like, thank you, God. Or, you know, Hey Lord, could you like make this happen? Or Hey Lord, like what's going on here whatever. But it was, he was very specific with me in adoration one night. Um, this was back in January. And he said, I, I just want you, I, I want your under divided attention. And I want it in the morning and I want it before you go to sleep at night. And then I wanted an adoration once a week. He was so specific. Wow. And I was like, yes, Lord, I will. So um, I use the Magnificat to pray. I'm not sure, you know, it's, this isn't a, a, a an advertisement for them, but I've used that magazine for years. It's a publication and it's just got the most beautiful prayers in the morning has the mass readings and then there's a prayer for the evening. Um, and then there's also a, an evening prayer that you can pray that's sort of based on the liturgy of the hours. And that was new for me. So what I've done is I said that what I had done was I set aside that time every morning before I got out of bed um, and would read all of the readings for the day, everything together, take that time to pray. And then at night, right before going to bed, I would do that evening, that prayer for the evening. Um, and through that prayer time, I got to, to hear very clearly what the Lord needed to show me. And what he needed to show me was this idea of rescue. 
So I'm going to use that word because that rescue is what's led to restoration. Um, Mm -hmm. And that restoration has led to overflow. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, so it's just been this beautiful epiphany that happened over the course of of being in this, in this spiritual desert. Right. So um, in the prayer that I was reading, um, there's a a short part of it from second Corinthians chapter one, verse 10. And he talks about, so it's, it's uh, a letter, you know, from, from St. Paul. And he's talking about how the Lord rescued us before the Lord is still rescuing us today. And he's still, and he's going to rescue us in the future. And he's, you know, and St. Paul's talking, you know, to the Corinthians about being rescued in real time, right? In real life. But it's also, he's talking about the bigger rescue. And I just remember one night I was reading that and my mind was blown because that word rescue, I mean, it almost, Karen, it almost literally jumped off the page. I don't know if you've ever experienced that. I mean, I've seen that word a million times. It's a pretty, dare I say, ordinary word, right? It's a word here a lot. And it, just stopped me in my tracks. And I thought, I, what does rescue really mean? So then I looked it up and rescue means to save from confinement, from evil, which I thought was really, really interesting and danger. So those are the three things, confinement, danger, and evil. And um, in some of the translations of the Bible, rescue is actually save. That's the word that they use instead. Um, mm. I kind of like the word rescue. <laughs> so, yeah. and what I wrote in big, bold letters on this, you know, on this page of this publication was, this is such an active word and it conjures up all of this, like, how does the Lord rescue me? Where, where has he rescued me? I've never thought about it that way. I know I'm different than I was before. I'm different today mm. than I was yesterday. And I'm different this Easter than I was last Easter, but I'd never really stopped to think about from what has the Lord rescued me Mm. and how did he do it? Because I think it's those details that tell a very particular way that he loves me. It shows his, he knows me as he created me and he knew exactly how I needed to be rescued and what I need to be rescued from and how I needed to be rescued is different from you and it's different from mm-hmm. anyone that's listening to this, right? I am unique and unrepeatable. And to know that he loved me enough to come find me and to rescue me in that woundedness, right? My my particular wounds. It, it was like all of these thoughts just kind of came rushing in. And I was, I was just, I couldn't sleep that night thinking about all the ways that the Lord has rescued me. I mean, I'm a, I, if I ever, you know, do any more writing or whatever this looks like. I mean, one of the, one of the stories I would love to tell is just like full circles are funny. <laughs> you know, like I feel like my life is just one big full circle. And what I've come to understand is it's in that fullness of that circle is the Lord, right? The Lord, I'm here. And then the Lord picks me up and he puts me somewhere else, but it's a full circle with that. And so, mm-hmm. you know, one of the examples that I, that as I was praying about this was I did not particularly enjoy middle school, high school and college was okay. University here was okay for me, but I struggled, especially in middle school and high school. Um, I never really felt like I fit in. I felt like things were 
um, really difficult. I was very lonely during those, during that time to look at me outwardly. I was pretty outgoing, um, but was very, a sad little girl on the inside. Mm -hmm. That 12 year old got lost in there somewhere. And so looking back, as I was thinking about this theme of rescue and where's the Lord rescued me, I don't feel like that 12 year old anymore. And then it dawned on me, I was a middle school teacher. The Lord put me back in middle school as a teacher. And who did, who did I go after? The lost little girls, the girls that I noticed and recognized weren't thriving and why. Mm. And then when that was healed, he put me in a high school to work on it and the administrative end. So I wasn't in the classroom. And what did I do? I created programs for students who were coming on campus so they could build community. So he rescued, he rescued me in those, in those wounds, like those deep wounds. And then he created the most beautiful opportunity to restore that. And, you know, the, the list of things is, it just goes on and on. But the reality is, is that, you know, that's just one example. And I'm sure that, that, that people listening to this, like, if you really think about like, where is the Lord rescuing me right now? What is, what is he saving me from? What danger, what evil, what confinement? And when we really allow ourselves to look at that, we can say, I am the one in the 99. I am Jairus's daughter. The Lord went to save her. He went to rescue her. I am the woman at the well. He went to the well. I am the hemorrhaging woman. I am all of those things. I am all of those people that he has rescued. And sometimes I think we forget in our woundedness that we're not really worth rescuing. We're not worth saving. But if we really allow that truth to, to settle in our hearts, the way that the Lord allowed that truth to settle in my heart on that, that night, um, it, it's been a game changer for me um, just to, to think about I'm not alone and I haven't been alone, even though I may have felt lonely. The world left me lonely. The Lord has not. So that's where that idea Beautiful. of rescue has come from for me. Um, yeah, I, I love that. And I, I love what you pick up on here is when we're starting to reflect, just to reflect on how the Lord has rescued us, because we might have our current situation, but if we can look back for evidence for how he has rescued us on our journey to date, then we see that evidence that he is with us. I think sort of if you're going through a difficult time or in the midst of a challenge or a struggle, the great lie that Satan likes to sow is that God's not going to look after you. He's not going to come through for you. He's not good. He's not going to be faithful. Um, But when we start with gratitude, when we start by looking back with gratitude about and asking him to reveal those ways in which he has rescued us, then we have that evidence to remind us that no, actually going to renounce that lie that God is not good and God is not faithful and and look at how he is calling me and how he's moving in my life in the current present moment. Yeah. And I, I also like what you picked up on. You said you were alluding to the fact that you're a different person to who you were last Easter. Mm-hmm. And I think it's those small changes done consistently. Like you were saying, time with the Lord in the morning, time with the Lord in the evening and adoration once a week. It's just those small con- consistent changes that actually change us over time rather than the big shabam change because that often is short-lived yeah I think sometimes you know we think especially with I don't know like even even going making a change uh physically right like going to the gym so we start off like oh my gosh I'm gonna go seven days a week and I'm gonna work out for an hour and a half and I'm gonna hit it hard and I'm gonna like eat a thousand calories and I'm gonna like so we go we go to this all or nothing place 
I do at least. That's yeah. that's been my I operating think that's system. Pretty standard. <laughs> yeah, it's been my operating system for for a really really long time. And I'm here to tell you, it doesn't always work. <laughs> like that yeah. that all or nothing thinking, right? Because it's it's self defeating. We can't possibly sustain that thinking. So as it is with the Lord, I don't think the Lord. I mean, he he was so specific, Karen, that that it wasn't to be this big, I love that word, shebang, right? Uh, that that it, it wasn't to be this big to do with him. He simply wanted my time. That's all the Lord wanted from me. And I thought I, I can do this. Like I can, I can do that. And, and just that, that little bit of consistency, he showed me I can be consistent, which is something I struggle with. Um, and then he showed me just how simple it can be. So you give one yes, yes, Lord, I will. Or, you know, I'm not going to argue with you about this, Lord. I'm going to surrender this. And that's it. That's the other fruit that has come from all of this. But that might be a podcast conversation for another time. But but I think that, you know, one simple yes really can change everything. And for me, like I said, it was it was that understanding of I am not who I was a year ago. And why is that? Because I've I've been able to see where the Lord has come and where he found me worthy. I think maybe that might even the bigger part to this is mm. he found me not lacking. He found me worth saving, yes. worth rescuing. Yes. Who doesn't want to hear that? Who doesn't want to hear beloved? Um, I I just want you. Oh my gosh, that's every 12-year-old little girl's idea of feeling safe and secure. Like I'm worthy. He thinks I'm kind of special, beautiful, you know, my daddy thinks I'm wonderful. And so I think there's, there's all of that sort of came into play for me. It's, I will unpack this for, for a very long time. Uh, There's still more fruit that's coming from that. So. Oh, completely. And I I love that it's the journey. Like, I I think sometimes we can say, well, I want to lose this amount of weight or I want to achieve this degree or I want this outcome. And we get so fixated with the outcome that we forget there's actually, it's actually the journey and the process and who we're becoming in the process that is the focus, really. That is the prize, is is who we're becoming, how Christ is transforming us through, I guess, the journey. Yeah. And here's the thing about journey, Karen. I love that you use that word, is when we're on a journey, the Lord, the Lord gives us people. He, yes. he gives us companions for the journey. Oh, now I, don't I, go. Do you know that Catholic song, Companions on the Journey? No. Is that a song? Should I, I know that, that song? It was a hymn. No. <laughs> Forgive <laughs> okay. me for any of the listeners who actually like that song. <laughs> no, sorry. I don't know that listing one. Some of, that was on my top Companions on the Journey was my okay. top Catholic hymn that... <laughs> So it's funny that you put those two words together, but it's true. I mean, but it's true. (laughs) So, so for, so for me, right. I, I look at the, you know, the, the ways that the Lord has rescued me in my woundedness, right. He gave me really, um, he gave me the perfect work opportunities, the perfect environment to do that. But then he gave me the perfect people, his, the people that he chose to walk with me during that time. And so I look at now, even now, the things that I'm that I've been working with. So I work with a life coach. I recently started working with a nutritionist. I've finally allowed myself to to go to our local gym and, and get healthy so that I have fitness instructors, like I take their classes. These are things I can't, this is a place of woundedness for me, this fitness journey, this health journey. 
and he's rescuing me from feeling I'm not worthy and he's giving me the exact right people. So if we slow down and we look at really where we're headed, we also have to look around and see who's with us. Who did who did he give us? Because that's where that's where we we know it's it's almost like I turn and I see Christ in the person next to me. Like mm. he gave he gave me this person for such a time as this. I think of, of our friendship like that for sure. Um, we were, you know, we talk often about how, you know, the, the Lord sort of knew what he was doing when he maybe put literally continents in, in between us and oceans and all sorts of things, because we are, are so intentional about our time and our, and our sisterhood and our friendship, but we've been, com- we've been those companions on the journey. I, <laughs> I, maybe we should come up with another name for that. No, go, go and Google the song, Laura. <laughs> I will. I will. I will. We've been, we've been sisters on this walk. Let's maybe put it that way. And, and I feel that, you know, we have been. Yeah. But, but that has led to restoration. So that was that other yeah. word. And I know you speak so beautifully in your master classes about restoring and that restoration process. And that's that place of gratitude, right? So we're, we've, mm-hmm. we've been rescued and we're like looking around and we're like, okay, I'm not the same. And then it's like, okay, well, what what do I do with this new me? Like, what is that? That's yeah, right. And I think that's the second part of it. It is. And you look throughout the Gospels and you see every time Jesus encountered women, particularly, but people, he would encounter, have an encounter with them. He would restore, rescue them. But then the third step was that he always then sent them. He always sent them with a new identity, with a new mission, with a new purpose, a new vocation to fulfill. And I think that's a very important part that the restoration and the healing that we receive from the Lord is not just for us to keep for ourselves, that he restores us so that we can be blessed to be a blessing to other people. And um, we we can't lose sight of that, that we exist for others. Uh, Two things popped into mind when Jonathan and I were studying at the John Paul II Institute, when it was here in Australia, we had, we're doing a unit on moral theology and a Monsignor from Rome was over and Jonathan was asking him whether he could justify buying a certain kind of car. <laughs> so um, it was it was a humorous conversation, but he said there's three questions that we all have to ask and answer in this order in our life. And these are deeply human questions. It's who am I? Where am I going? And who will travel with me? Mm-hmm. So if we look at where we're going and, and gather people before we have that sense of who we actually are, sometimes those relationships can become toxic because we're grasping for a sense of identity from those people. But when we're securely rooted in our identity as the beloved in, in Christ and that we are his daughter, that he has rescued us, then there is this overflow, as you said, that that love fills us and then it can't help but flow out to others. And I was just thinking, um, Trish McCarthy gave the opening keynote at the Sisterhood Conference two weeks ago, and she's fabulous. She always brings such a memorable message. I think a few years ago, she actually rode into the main auditorium on a motorbike. <laughs> her talk. She's an absolute legend of a woman, but she had these martini glasses up on stage and she had three martini glasses on the tray. And then on top of those, she had one standing. So picture three and then one on top. And she said, it's kind of like, that's our relationship with with God and with others, that this martini glass, then she took a bottle of wine and she filled the first martini glass up and up and up. And then it eventually overflowed and it flowed out into the martini glasses all around it. And she was just sort of making the point that 
when we go deep with the Lord, when we're rooted in him, there's just this overflow that happens that yes, we get restored, but then we also find our mission. And then we also connect and bless those around us out of that overflow. And it was just such a powerful visual of what we're talking about today is that overflow. And I think you picked up on something really important that we're not meant to do this journey of life alone, that we are created in God's image and likeness. And the image and likeness of God is a relationship, a community of persons, three persons in one. So if we're created in that image, then we are created in relationship. We're created for relationship. And I guess our restoration does come about through that relationship with Christ, but then other people. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, look, if you can touch on, I guess, some people who may have, I guess, been contributing to your journey of restoration over the years. Like, was is, has there ever been a particular person who just really poured into you in such a way that brought about a restoration? Yeah. Wow. That's, that's a great question. Um, I like to say that I am the product of many, many people that have, that have done that for me over the years. And it seems like at each stage or season of my life, especially there've just been people that the Lord has put there. And, and some I've recognized as like, oh, this is someone that I need to learn from, or somebody that I know, you know, that the Lord has sent me specifically because the, the, the need was so specific and the, their response to that was so specific. And then others, it's kind of when I look back, I think, oh, okay, I see, I see now why that person was in my life or, or even why I was in theirs. And I would, you know, I would say it, you know, my mom was always my biggest cheerleader. And honestly, my, uh, my dad's mom, they called her Nana. She was also my biggest cheerleader. I got to do the things that they never did. So like my mom had a full scholarship to college and she wasn't able to go. I didn't get a full scholarship to college, but I got to go to college. You know, like for me, it was expected. My grandmother would have never, that was never even an option or a thing for her back in her day. But they, even though they didn't have that experience and knew what I was going through, the strife and the loneliness and the the fear of rejection. And I never really felt particularly intellectually smart enough to kind of hold my own in school. I had to work, you know, what other people got A's very easily. It I had to work double time to get a B is kind of how I, I look at it. Now I'm gifted and I'm smart and I have other really beautiful qualities that I've learned over the years. But my mom and my Nana poured into me like, you're doing just fine. Like you're going to be just fine. <laughs> we don't know all that. We haven't experienced everything that you've experienced at a university level, but we've experienced similar things in our own homes, in our own communities, that feeling of being left out, not good enough, you know, all those kinds of things. So some of those are just universal truths that we, you know, that we experience Mm -hmm. and have to grow through. So I would say those are the two women, Um, not to put too fine of a point on this, Karen, but you are definitely one of those women in my life who continually has been with me through the journey of where do I fit in this world? What's my purpose? Do I have a message? You know, it's, it's gonna, it's an ongoing thing, but, but, you know, I, I think back to our first conversation, you know, we were, I was trying to book Jonathan to come to the United States to, to talk to teachers and you and I spent like three more hours on the phone talking just as women do. And I honestly think you and I had our own little visitation moment, um, you know, at that, in that phone call. And, and so to have you as a, as a sister on this journey that I've made, pouring into me, restoring me, 
and really to, to hear the overflow, you know, the, the good that's come from, from the experiences or whatever has just been a beautiful gift. And I think the, the Lord is delighted. Every time we talk, I say that I think the Lord is so happy that we've maintained this connection. Another person that's, that's probably been really instrumental in my life the last probably six or seven years has been our friend, Mary Lenneberg. And Mary and I have this beautiful little friendship. Now everybody knows we're friends, but you know, and she has uh, almost she's very some, special. She's very special. Yeah. And it's, it's been a sister, a sisterhood for she and I as well for on different levels. And it's almost been a spiritual, uh, a spiritual journey, a spiritual sisterhood in, in that way. And, and, and again, the Lord has put women in my life at very particular times. And I'm so grateful and when I take that time to think about it is when that gratitude just, just comes up because I would not be who I am today without the women around me who've poured into me. Yeah. My biggest and best cheerleader is my husband. And yeah. you know, that his, his, um, his masculine genius, right. Offsets my feminine genius and in the most beautiful ways. And he is true gift for me, um, on so many levels. And, um, you know, I would not be the woman that I am today without, without having had him alongside me as partner, spouse, you know, best friend, lover, like all the things that, that marriage is supposed to be. And please God, can we have another 34 years? And then how long have you been married now, Laura? Yeah. So 33 and a half years. So it'll be 34 in October. And like, I I always just, I'm like, please God, can I have a hundred more? And then a hundred more after that, because he's just good man. He's he's a good man. And, um, and I got to meet him, which was lovely because he came with you when you came to speak at the, you did. That's right. He was the best kept secret of of sisterhood. We we had him him squirreled away because he was still a little jet lagged. And um, yeah, so he popped out just as we were finishing up. So So I, I, that was a super long winded answer. You know, me short story longer. That's that's all go on my tombstone someday. (laughs) But I think I would encourage anyone to who's on a journey to look around and who's still there with you as you get closer to your finish line. Hmm. That's and I I think those friends that we have history with are very precious. The people who really know us, who've been with us, like you said, a long time. Yeah. I'm I'm interested, Mm -hmm. Laura, just like we're in this week post Easter and, and everybody has come through Lent and whether or not people made a good Lent or they felt like they could have done better. We may or may not have established new habits in prayer and and coming before the Lord, experiencing him rescuing us or perhaps not. What's your advice to people coming into, because we can let go of those habits because we're like, oh, Lent's done. Let's go back to the alcohol and the chocolate and the binging Netflix. But I think the Lord is wanting us to, to take those habits, some of those habits that we've developed during Lent and be consistent with them in our daily life because they're the ones that lead to our wholeness, our restoration and, and that transformation. What can you speak into or what advice do you have for women, I guess, leaving Easter, leaving Lent and just consistently, I guess, cultivating this atmosphere in their life where the Lord can rescue, restore them and then bring about that overflow? That's a, I think that's our, that's our mission, right? Once, once the, you know, sort of like, I think about like the Lord and he's surrounded by, you know, by all the people and they're like, Lord, let's just build a tent. Like we just have to stay here, right? We let, let's, we'll just stay here. And this is, this is it. And the Lord's like, "Mm, no, can't stay here. Like we are supposed to take this message 
out, right? We can't stay where we are. We have to come down off of the mountain. So I think of like, um, for, you know, any fruit that, that came of a Lent, right? And maybe there was no fruit. Maybe Lent was non-existent for you. Maybe it was flat. Maybe it was, maybe it was full of good intentions and it, it fell flat. There's still fruit that comes from that. There, there's still like the Lord wastes nothing. God wastes nothing. So even if Lent was horrible for whatever reason, there's still something if we give ourselves that time to look and see and really unpack it and say, okay, what happened? What didn't happen? And then we look at that and we say, where, where did I feel close to the Lord? Where did I feel good? Where did I feel whole? Dare I say holy? Like where in those moments, like what was it during that time that I did something that made me feel a particular way, a good way. So I'll use my example for me. It was having that time at night, right before going to bed. The last thing that's in my head is something good and holy, not the doom scrolling (laughs) that I had been doing for years. You know, we just flip through the phone. I'm like, okay, let me just check out. Let me check like one more Instagram post that I need to like before I go to bed. Like, So having just that change, having something good and holy in my head before I went to sleep as the last thing for me just made me less anxious. So that is a fruit of that time spent that I know that I am a better person for, but I have to, but I have to think about it, right? I have to really give it some brain space and some heart space to, to really kind of look back and say, okay, what worked, what didn't work? Mm. Um, and what are things that I can continue to do? You know, the, when the Lord calls us into the deep with him, um, sometimes it's for a short time and other times it's for a lifetime. And so for me, I feel like the prayer right before bed is something that he's called me to for a lifetime because it was so fruitful and it was so beautiful and it's just had a great overall effect. Is he calling me to go to to daily mass for the rest of my life? He probably is, but I don't know that that's really going to go so well because it didn't go so well during Lent because I'm not a 7 a.m. woman. Like <laughs> That's when daily mass is here. It's like, that just didn't work for me. And I had to let go of that guilt, but it's allowing ourselves that time to sort of sit back and take a, you know, just take a, a survey it and say, okay, like that I felt really good when I did that. And that's yeah. something that's sustainable for me. That's something that I feel like the Lord wants for me on a regular basis. That, I mean, that would be that that's what has worked for me. Do you, what about you? Have you thought about that? Like if, what, what would you, what would Karen do? <laughs> what would I do? <laughs> I think over the years, I mean, it's what I'm teaching in the masterclass, but it's really about, and I think it came about through my own experience of burnout and and also then walking with women. So many, many years ago, I had an experience of burnout and then trying to bounce back too quickly, only to fall back. But then really realizing that I had to rebuild my life from the ground up, that it was like the Lord wasn't calling me to make a few tweaks here and there in my life, but he was wanting to do a full renovation that would then sustain me. For the rest of my life. So for me, that process of establishing these rhythms in my life and these habits um, has been pivotal. And I've done that over many years now. So they sort of hold me in check, I guess. So there's that bigger picture of how I'm living my everyday life. And I, I try to do those with these rules of life and these rhythms that I have. So they give my life that structure. In terms of the daily experiences, I think the Lord at the moment is really inviting me just into a deeper contemplation with him 
that contemplative prayer, which I, I love I'm contemplative at heart um, in terms of my prayer life, but really going a bit deeper with that. And, and so what I've done is just carve out one day a month to have like an extended time at adoration of a few hours just to really seek him. And so I started that just before the sisterhood conference and my hope is to continue that just so that there's that time and space where I'm coming before him, really seeking him. I often find like in adoration, it takes me the first 40 minutes just to settle <laughs> for my mind to settle and all the things to leave. Yeah. And then, so when you have that intentional time, that's a little bit longer, you just get to really dig in deeper with him to say, to ask those questions, like, what, what are you calling me to look at? Like, what do you want to shine light on to bring about restoration in my life? So I think that's sort of where I'm being called. Mm, that's that, beautiful. Like, greater trust and surrender too, that yeah. Um, I think that, look, I think surrender is always like I think that's the word that I keep hearing from everyone. I know that's it's a word okay. that has come up for me in a particular way as well in this whole rescue story. Um, you know, what do I need to let go of? But I, I love that 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 you're thinking that intentional time and that the contemplative part, right? That you know that about yourself and that that is that's where you feel closest to to the to the Lord these days, like that's kind of where he's drawing you in. Like, mm. I love that. I, I can almost yeah. picture that. So that's yeah. beautiful. So it's, uh, it's good. And I just, I really want to encourage women just as they move into these next few weeks, like, I mean, Easter celebration goes for many weeks after Easter, you know, into Pentecost, but to use this time to really ask the Lord for that deeper infilling of the Holy Spirit and, and where's he wanting to, to lead you? Because I said this at the sisterhood conference in my keynote talk that the Lord wants our freedom. He wants our wholeness. He wants our restoration. We have this enemy that's working equally hard to keep us contained so that we don't experience that. And so I, I do really think there is a grace in the church and the seasons between Easter and Pentecost where we can really come before the Lord and, and beg and ask the Holy Spirit to just come, give us the grace, give us the power to make the changes that we need. So yeah, so good. Absolutely. And I, and I think too, like the you know, the idea of, of looking back, right. At, at what, what did go right, what didn't go right. Right. And then it's, it's those lessons that we've learned, right. We, we keep what's meant for us. And then, you know, it's the, the overflow is what we give to others. So we can't give what we don't have, which is why we need our well filled, right. We talk about that all the time. And so taking that time to really look at where did I get my well filled? What's still in, what's still lacking, like, what do I still need? Where do I need to go deeper with the Lord? Or is there something more specific that I need? I know for me, the, the thing that keeps coming up is that I haven't been on a real retreat. I mean, I've been to like a morning of reflection, or I've been to like a half a day sort of retreat, but I've not been to like out in the wilderness sort of desert. I don't really mean wilderness because bears frighten me, but like this <laughs> Actually, kangaroos frighten me, but that's a whole other story. They're just jumping <laughs> all over our street at the moment. I've sent you photos. <laughs> but this idea of like just getting away, like truly yeah. to go on a retreat. And I and that's something that's also something the Lord has, you know, just mm -hmm. said, you let's let's go on a retreat together. You know, the time will come, I will send you the right thing, the right place, all that kind of stuff. And, and I know that after that, that whatever I need, I will get filled. And then the rest of it is that overflow that we share with other people, right? I've taken my lessons. What can I share with the rest of you? So, so like this idea of my rescue story, like I knew 
like, this is something I needed to share with people that like, but I, I took what was meant for me and then the rest of it and like, okay, this is, I want you to experience this as well. And I think that, that, that time between Easter and Pentecost is a time of, of that joyfulness, that, that idea of I've come through this desert, I've come through this time together. There's been some fruit, there's a longing, there's a, there's a desire now that sort of got stirred up in me to, to know the risen Lord. Like we've known the suffering Lord, right? We've known the Lord that's walked the earth with, with the humans, right? Now we need to know the risen Lord. And what does that mean for us? And he's, he's not far away. Like we're used to him being so close, you know, in the stories now that he's risen, what does that really mean for us? And and how do we, how do we still have relationship with him? Hmm. Have relationship with him the same way we did in the stories when he was with the woman at the well and when he was, you know, on on the on the road, you know, to Calvary. We're just we stay close. We stay close. So um, we have to spend that time with him. And I think that that is that's something that that we have to get really comfortable with. It's a good use of our time between Easter and Pentecost. Uh, it is. I'm looking. Forward you to know. That. <laughs> We'll have to come back after Pentecost and have another conversation about what the Lord's been doing in this season. But he's moving. He's he's moving. And and it was funny because I did not have a good advent. Advent was Mm. literally non-existent for me. Uh this past advent and the advent before, definitely. So I was like, oh Lord, like what's going on here? And he like I said, he was very specific. And so, so I buckled in. He's like, buckle up because this is, you're in for a ride. And he did not, he did not disappoint. Well, so. amen. <laughs> so good. I'm, you know, if it can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. I'm living proof of, of all of that. Beautiful, Laura. Well, thank you so much for joining us and for the conversation. And I look forward to mm-hmm. um, touching base with you again. Yes, yeah. absolutely. I'll be back on Karen, the podcast. Thank you so much. All right. Well, ladies, as you move into this season between Easter and Pentecost, I really want to invite you to go deeper and just bring, I guess, whatever's in your heart before the Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and ask His Holy Spirit to shine light on those areas in your life where He is wanting to bring about restoration and wholeness. Sometimes we can think we know the areas that we need to be restored in and God might have another idea. So I really want to encourage you just to be open, to be intentional about looking for, I guess, those windows those invitations that the Lord is providing you with that will lead you towards this wholeness and this restoration. Ladies, we have opened the doors for another intake of the Catholic Women's Masterclass. So I'd love to invite you to join us inside that masterclass. This is a four-month journey of restoration and wholeness. And in this podcast, I spoke about the pillars of renewal that I put in place in my life many years ago. And these pillars really do hold me fast to, I guess, a rhythm of life that promotes wholeness and, I guess, emotional, spiritual, and physical health in Christ. So if you would like to find out more about the Catholic Women's Masterclass hosted by the Genius Project, please take a look at the details on our website www.geniusproject.co and you can check out the Masterclass page. Until next week ladies, I hope and pray that you have a beautiful week and I look forward to you joining us again on the Genius Podcast next week. God bless.